On January uh, 2, about a couple of weeks ago, something happened that we all uh, noticed, and you are familiar with that. Damar Hamlin. With a game like football, it's not probably that unusual to have that kind of injuries. Although it was probably more serious than usually uh, expected. But something happened that caught my attention. Everybody on the field started praying. Everybody on their field on the field started praying. And I saw on the website, several websites, that take took note of that and they used the word blitz B-L-I-T-Z. I didn't know the meaning of that word, so I looked it up. What does blitz mean? It says a sudden and violent military attack, usually with bombs dropped from aircraft. That's what blitz means. And several websites mentioned prayer blitz for Damar Hamlin. What it means is that they bombarded the throne of grace with their prayers. They bombarded the throne of grace with their prayers. What made me think of that, that where are those people who always oppose prayer in a public event? Where are those people who do not believe in God or in prayer? And are these all people who prayed and continue to pray for the days to come are believers? And if they are not, then which God are they praying to? The God that they do not know, the God that they, they, they do not acknowledge, God that they do, they do not have any relationship with? How unusual it is, or I should say how usual it is, to pray to God when there is a need and not even acknowledge Him, not have any relationship with Him for the rest of our life. Unfortunately, that's not only the monopoly of unbelievers that can happen to us. That can happen to us. Go to God when there is a need and forget Him when things are going well. The relationship that we need to develop is a daily, constant walking with the Lord and knowing Him and coming to know Him by our daily relationship with him. In 1996, when I was invited to teach a class at the other church, 
which I taught for about 21 years till 2017, we, my wife and I moved to this church. When I was asked to teach, uh, I made up a, a purpose statement for the class. Growing into relationship with the Lord with our daily personal study of His Word, with a purpose of becoming more and more like Christ, which would be evidenced in our daily life through our walk on the path of righteousness. Walking or knowing, growing into the relationship with the Lord, with our daily personal study of His Word, with a purpose of becoming more and more like Christ, which would be evidenced in our daily life as we walk on the paths of righteousness. Psalm 23 is all about that. Walking in closer relationship with the shepherd, enjoying our personal relationship with him, growing in his knowledge, growing in his understanding, growing to be more and more like him, and walking and walking with him daily, and walk away in the house of the Lord where I will be forevermore. Remember the Old Testament uh, character of Enoch? For 365 days, daily he walked, and one day the Lord and Enoch started walking, walking, and they walked away from the house of Enoch, and he said, Lord, we are too far away from my house. He said, well, we don't have to go back to your house. Just let's walk into my house. And that's what Psalm 23 is talking about. Walking daily in the relationship. It's a pilgrim. Remember the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan? Finally, he walks to the celestial city. Walks into the house of the Lord forever. We have, uh, you, you, you know, we, uh, I, like, I like candies. <laughs> My son gave us a box of candies uh, on Christmas. Uh, that nice golden color wrapped with uh, 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 ribbon. And my wife and I eat one candy after dinner every day it, until it was finished. The box was well. The box was finished, but no problem. We bought three boxes. After Christmas, 50% sale at Walmart. <laughs> One candy every day after dinner. My wife and I eat candy in a different way. She puts the whole candy in the mouth. I hold the candy in my hand and nibble it. Piece by piece by piece, and enjoy it for a long time. And that's exactly what we have been doing with Psalm 23. It's such a blessing 
is such a deep we are just scratching the surface we have you probably don't realize this is the sixth message on psalm 23 we have done five and five more to come <laughs> 11 messages on this psalm and right between these five messages that we have done and five messages we are going to do there is the very very center of psalm 23 is he leads me on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake we started out by saying the lord my shepherd is remember those four words whole class time for four words lord my shepherd is and then we went one by one i shall not want it doesn't mean that i i oh, that god supplies all my needs but it means that since i have christ i don't need anything else he's enough i shall not want anything else he's enough and then he makes me lie down in green pastures remember those those pictures we saw he lying down in quiet place i'm fed completely i don't eat anymore i'm just lying down in quiet peace and then he leads me beside still water continue to walk daily and enjoying as if you are walking at the uh, stream flowing stream and enjoy the quietness you are walking with the lord and enjoying the relationship with him and then finally we saw he restores my soul physically emotionally and spiritually we are fed and restored every day as we walk in his fellowship and now we come he leads me in the paths of righteousness whole psalm every line every phrase is describing the blessing the spiritual blessings that we enjoy as we continue to walk with him in our daily walk right in the middle of the whole psalm this is one place and only this one place he puts some responsibility on us the rest of the psalm are, is the blessing are the blessings but to get those blessing there is one thing you have to do there is one thing you have to do walk on the paths of righteousness walk on the paths of righteousness you know when i start, when i came to this point i had a problem what can i say about this to a group like this there are no murderers here <laughs> there are no child molesters here there are no stealers here robbers here you are walking on the paths of righteousness we are walking paths of righteousness what what can i what new can i say you see that's the problem of teacher or or, or a pastor in a church like this that what can you do what can you say something different or new 
that people can take take away with them. Well, that's what we think about sin, right? That's what we think about sin. Murderers, rapists, and all those kind of things. But that does not mean that we are sinless, does it? We do not know our heart. We do not know our heart. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah. Psalmist says in Psalm 19, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? And so his prayer is, cleanse me from these hidden sins. We studied Psalm 139. You may not remember, during the COVID, we were doing through the Zoom, and we studied Psalm 139. Psalm 139, beautiful, one of the most attractive Psalm, beautiful blessing of Psalm. He, he begins that, Lord, you know me. You have searched me. He says, you know when I sit and when I move. You, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. But then, do you know, you remember how it ends the psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the path of everlasting. Did you ever think that you you just started the psalm by saying that you know me? Why do you pray at the end? Know me now. You said you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. And then he ends the psalm by saying, "Search me and know me." When we read the, every, if you read Bible, I probably say this thing every time I'm here. When you read the Bible, if you read it carefully, every line you would have a question. What does it mean? Why does it say that? And if, don't go beyond that line until you get that answer. Sometimes you may not. But that's where we search. That's where, that's how we grow. He started by saying that you search me, you know me, and then he ends by prayer that you search me and know me. What he's saying at the end is that, Lord, you search me and you know me, but I don't know myself. But I don't know myself. So, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the path of righteousness, we can say, everlasting path. That's what this line is about. When we think about sin, we think about the people of the world, people out there, 
when we think about the scene then we think about homosexuality abortion murder rapist and plenty of those things are happening around us plenty of those things are happening around us but when we say that we are thinking about ourselves self righteous people and so let me point out three things that we can be sinful of three things one paths of righteousness is not perfection but a progress daily progress we are still on the path we have not arrived yet we don't you ever think that you have arrived we are still on the path you <laughs> let me ask you are you perfectionist is that a word are you perfectionist you never make a mistake <laughs> never do anything wrong i don't in this i don't know in this culture but in my culture people often say i don't do anything wrong and i cannot tolerate when somebody does anything wrong definitely the first thing is not right definitely the second thing is right i don't do anything wrong but i don't tolerate anybody that does anything wrong few years ago i wrote an article in our gujarati magazine on that i don't do anything wrong titled and that article won the best article of the year award i write article in two gujarati magazines every month and i have never won an award for best article of the month except that one because that must have caught the eyes of the panel whoever decided because that's so common in my culture i don't know here i don't do anything wrong and i told cannot tolerate anybody that does anything wrong i never lie i never do anything perfectionist attitude how do you respond to somebody who points out your mistake how do you respond to somebody who points out your fault can somebody dare to point out your fault because you never do anything wrong you see i be- become defensive when somebody points out a fault i find so many excuses why did i do that or i may shoot back to you and find out your fault you didn't that same thing didn't you you become historical you know the history of the other person and they point out all the faults that they have done to cover your fault or you always choose whatever the other person does 
never appreciate. When somebody does something to you, do you say thank you or criticize that, hey, that's not the way it should be done? Perfectionist attitude is very common and bas basically that is what it is saying is self-righteousness. Pharisees were like that. And there is a Pharisee in every one of us. Holier than thou attitude. Better than those people. If you read the Bible, be selfish. In the church, when you hear something, do you do that? Probably that's where gets the most exercise. <laughs> wish, wish he was here to hear this. Wish he, wish he is listening. Right? When we read the Bible, this is the fault of evangelicals that when we read the Bible, we don't read for us. We read for other people. We read for other people. Self-righteousness is so subtle, it's so hard to get rid of that. Self-righteousness or perfectionist attitude is probably a sign that you may not even have come into the relationship with the Lord. Because what is the most basic condition to come into the relationship with the Lord? I am a sinner and I need a savior. But if you are perfectionist, self-righteous, then don't, you don't even need that. You don't even feel that. Path of righteousness is a path. We are still walking on that. We have not arrived yet. And let me bring a bad news. You will never arrive. Pinch yourself. Pinch yourself. Are you alive? Are you alive? If you are alive, you are a sinner. If you are alive, you cannot be sinless. Because we will not be relieved of the total sin nature until we go to be with the Lord. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, he says, We do not know what we shall be, but we know this, that when we see him, not until then, but when we see him, we will be like him. And right after that, he says that those who have that hope cleanse themselves with all unrighteousness. Perfectionist attitude ruins all the relationships, robs you of your joy and peace, gives you self-righteous attitude, you look down upon others, all these things. We can't get, get rid of that. All these things, we cannot get rid of that. 
path of righteousness is not the event, but it's a lifelong process. It is not a sprint, but it is a marathon. We are a marathoner. I don't know, whoever chose the name must have this idea that we are older people, we have walked all our life. Age brings maturity, should bring maturity, not necessarily. But we are all, all on the path and we are all on a different path. We are on, all on a different levels. Our dear friend uh, Floyd here is about 11 years ahead of me. I, I will never catch up with him in his maturity or anything. We are all in a different path. We are all in the uh, same path. We are all in a different level. It's, it, it's a path and we continue to walk. Salvation is an event, but sanctification is lifelong process. And we are all in a different level. We all are under construction. When I was in the seminary, 478, uh, a uh, uh, bumper sticker or a T-shirt uh, writing came out that, God, uh, be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. <laughs> be patient. We are all under construction. And you, as you drive, you know that construction never ends. Everywhere, everywhere there is construction. And path of righteousness is a slow process. Slow process. We walk, we stumble, we fall. First Corinthians 10, beautiful chapter. Beautiful chapter. It takes about, talks about history of Israel. It says, they all walked with Moses, they all drank from the rock that was Christ. They were all led by the pillar of light at night and pillar of cloud at day. And with most of them, God was not pleased. And their bodies lay scattered in the wilderness. And he says that, let him who thinks he stands, watch out, lest he falls. We cannot assume. Did you hear that this morning? We cannot assume that we will not fall. We cannot assume that we will not stumble. Path of righteousness is step by step by step walking with the Lord as God leads us and God is patient with us. God is patient with us. And so path of righteousness is not sinlessness but blamelessness. There is a difference. We will not ever be sinless but we can be blameless. Remember that man in the Old Testament, his name was Job. He was blameless and upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. And there are two levels of blamelessness. You don't want to be, you, you want to be blameless from God's perspective 
and you want to be blameless from social perspective. He was blameless and upright in the relationship with the people. Nobody can point finger at him. He was blameless and upright and he feared God and turning away from evil. So the right there, vertical and horizontal. And that's the ideal of Christian or believer's lifestyle. He was blameless and upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. So let me ask you, are you perfectionist? If you are, you are not growing into his relationship. You are not walking in the path of righteousness. If you think you have arrived, you cannot make progress. If you think you have arrived, you cannot make progress. We have not arrived yet, but we are walking on the path of righteousness. And so path of righteousness is not just an act. So second thing now, path of righteousness is not just an act, but heart attitude. So the first thing, Path of righteousness is not perf being perfect. Path of righteousness is not being sinless, but being blameless. Second thing, or second sin, we can call is, path of righteousness is not just an act, but heart attitude. And we cannot get rid of that either. Heart of any sin is sin of the heart. It is not just an external act. When we think about sin, we are thinking about murder and rape and child molestation and robbery and, and those kind of things. Jesus dug down much, 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 much deeper than that. We can think of ourselves as sinless in relationship to many other things, act of things like murder and all that. But we can never get rid of the filth in our heart. Bitterness, resentment, holding grudges, pride, selfishness misunderstanding, misjudging. Have you done any of these things? Are you historical? <laughs> Keeping record of everything? On my deathbed, I do not want to remember anything against anybody. I do not want to remember anything against anybody. Bitterness, resentment, pride, selfishness. The pain that is caused by all the murders, all the crime, all the physical and natural disasters in the whole world, Nothing compares to the pain that is caused by the bitterness, resentment, misunderstanding, misjudging people. 
Can you, have you ever thought of that? That is constantly with us. We experience that every moment we can't get rid of that, the pain. The pain when somebody misjudges you, the pain that you are carrying with you in your heart about that bitterness and resentment. Sin of the heart is hard to get rid of that. Every one of us, without exception, is loaded with that pain. I have my own share, and every one of you, you have your own share, because that's the heart attitude. And you and I cannot ever fully be free from that. And daily walking with the Lord will only, that only will clear that pain, clear that resentment in our heart. Every one of us, our attitude can make us or break us. Think about the fruit of the flesh that uh, they are Paul talks about in Galatians. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, yeah, we are, think about ourselves free of that. Impurity, maybe, we are, think about, about ourselves free of that. Debauchery, no, probably we have not done that. Idolatry, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Witchcraft, maybe it's not so prevalent in this group, although it's becoming more more common in this Western culture. But think about that hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Yeah, I heard that. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, Drunkenness, maybe not. Orgies, maybe not. And the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is in the context of self-righteousness in Galatians that he's talking about. You know the letter of Galatians. He's the Judaizer. You have to go back and keep all the laws. And Paul points out that, well, the laws were not helping all these things. All these things are not keeping the law, the letter of the law, but keeping the spirit of the law. For the heart issue, we will always be on the path, lifelong journey. And as I said, on my deathbed, I do not want any bitterness, resentment, and holding grudges. Do not concentrate on the negatives, but on the positive instead of all those things. Paul says that, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That will help us to get rid of all those things. So the path of righteousness is not perfectionist, 
path of righteousness is not act outside but act of the heart the attitude of the heart the third thing is the path of righteousness is not only the sins of commission but the sin of omission path of righteousness is a positive path not only negative staying away from the negative things but also not doing the positive things remember what james said last sunday uh, pastor pointed out pastor chuck pointed that out uh, when uh, you know what is good and you do not do it it is a sin james 4:12 when you know what is good and you do not do it which is then it is sin what we think of sin we think of things of commission murder and all kind of things but we all are guilty also of the sins of omission being always ready to help always ready to go out always ready to walk out and and help always ready to share the word of god always ready to do good always seeking the opportunities not only negative righteousness but positive righteousness doing good things we are not saved by good works but we are saved for good works we have covered only three points paths of righteousness we can't do it on our own and so the second point is he leads us he leads us the picture is him holding my hand if you are walking out with your 3 year old grandson don't let him hold your hand when you come to an in traffic intersection you better hold his hand you better hold his hand because prone to wander lord i feel it prone to leave the lord i love is our attitude but god would not let us go he holds our hand he guides on the paths of righteousness he provides the strength let him who thinks he stands watch out when i am weak then i am strong because then i don't depend on my strength but on his strength how does he lead we almost time out how does he lead very quickly through the word of god through the word of god that's our basic most basic tool we live by the word we live not by the world standard but we live by the word standards we grow as i said earlier we grow into the relationship and knowledge by daily personal study of the word of god so we can our righteousness is evident uh, as we walk around uh, we the the word sami says that i have hidden your word in my heart so that i may not sin against you 
very quickly the, and the, through the spirit the the spirit of god brings the word of god to our remembrance jesus said told his disciples that the, when i when the spirit comes he will bring everything that i have told you to your to, to your remembrance uh, and so if you have not stored out the word of your god word of god in your heart then the spirit had nothing to rem- bring to your remembrance in my gujarati we have a proverb he says if there is a well in the water then you can get a, if there is a water in the well then you can get it in the feeding trough but if there is no water in the well you can't get it out so if there is no word stored out in your heart then the spirit can't remind you and so that daily studying the we can't just depend on one morning hearing the word of god that would be like going to a soup kitchen once a week and then staying hungry rest of the week you have to do it okay the second thing so the spirit of god the third thing is the people of god that's why we get together here encourage one another for doing good so the word of god spirit of god people of god and then continuously prayer and dependence on the on the lord that leads us and then finally why do we do this why do we walk on the paths of righteousness his name's sake his name's sake why does god make us walk in the path of righteousness the text gives a clear answer to that question not so that i would be blessed although i would be walking on the path of righteousness is good for us because there is the blessing in that some when uh, uh, the first psalm says that person who walks with the lord will be like that green tree which produces fruit uh, in the season and whatever he does he prospers in that or as joshua says that keep this word in your heart and and do it accordingly uh, daily and then you will be prosperous and successful in whatever you do so that is a blessing but the, we are not keeping the on the path of righteousness just for the sake of the blessing but for the sake of his name say what does defile the name of the lord most the people of god known by god not doing the will of god not walking on the path of righteousness as god has prescribed that's what brings dishonor to the name of name of god christian life is not based on the blessings that we want but what god desires from us is glorify his name the westminster confession says that what is the chief aim of man to glorify god and enjoy him forever all the blessings of god are conditional the five blessings that we saw in the psalm so far and the five blessings that we will see again right in the middle is the condition if you don't follow that condition then those blessings are not for us those blessings are not for us christian uh, god we can't put any condition on god but all the blessings are conditional but the obedience and faith is not conditional on blessings 
The obedience and faith is not. This morning we heard Habakkuk. He says, though the fig tree does not blossom, though there are no uh, fruit on the vine, though the, uh, there is no, uh, no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stall, no matter what happens, yet will I rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in the God my Savior. He makes my feet like feet of deer and he takes me on the utmost heights. The Christian life is even though life, even though does not happen, I will still walk on the path of righteousness. Yes, our God can save us and will save us, but we are not going to bow down to your idol, those three men said. Christian life does not depend on the blessings that we receive, but the desire that God has for us is to walk in the path of righteousness and glorify his name. God leads us. We follow. Hmm. <laughs> we are moral beings created in the image of God. We know the right and wrong. We know the right and wrong. We have the word, <clears throat> word that clearly shows what is good. We have the spirit that guides us and empowers us. We have each other that help and encourage us. We have no excuse but to walk on the path of righteousness and growing into the relationship. We live in the world uh, surrounded by temptations, but we can, by God's help, keep us from sin and we can live blameless life. This morning we had communion and uh, in other church, our pastor, when we had communion, he would say that he died for me. And the congregational response was, I will live for him. He died for me. I will live for him. And the song we had this morning also, if the realm of all nature mine, that would be present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Also, we read those uh, verses from First Pistols uh, 1, 18 and 19. You are not redeemed by perishable things like silver and gold, but redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Christ paid big price, big price. He died for me, so I shall live for him. That's the Christian mantra. Growing into relationship with the Lord, with our daily personal study of his word 
with a purpose, intention, goal to become more and more like him that will be evidenced in our daily life as we walk on the path of righteousness. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the price that you paid. Lamb that was slain is our shepherd now. And he desires that we walk on the path of righteousness so that our life brings glory and honor to you and blessing to people around us so that as we shine our light, many will be drawn toward you. Use us, even us, and guide us, Father, holding our hand on the path of righteousness, walking daily in your relationship, growing moment by moment in your knowledge, and glorifying you wholeheartedly as we live for you. In Jesus, our shepherd, our Lord, in his name. Amen. Thank you, Emmanuel. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.